0: Okay, tonight, Bezos Hashem, we are going to talk about Purim, and try to bring out perhaps <clears throat> one of the main messages of what we're supposed to learn, or be from the Yantif of Purim. Now, if one would ask, what... Should the focus of Purim be? Where should one focus their efforts in trying to grow? Or what's perhaps the message of Purim? So we don't have to go really far because if. Just um, a sitter. Yeah. So if we look in Shashana's Yaakov that we say on Purim at night and in the morning, it says, Shashan Asyakav, Tzahala V'sameicha. Shashan Asyakav is, is referring to Klal Yisrael. They're joyous and jubilant. B'roi samyakad tche'les mard'chai, tshuwa samayisa l'netzah, v'sikvasam the, Then we say as follows, L'haidiyah. What is the point of all this? To let us know. L'haidiyah. Or to let someone know. Shekol k'ivecha lo yevayshu. All those who yearn for you, Hashem, will not be embarrassed. And they will also, another Lashon of not being humiliated. All those who believe in you, who have Emunah in you, will not be humiliated. So the Sheshanis Yaakov tells us very clearly what the Simcha of Purim is for. It's to let us know that all those who yearn and rely on HaKadosh Baruch Hu lo yevayshu, will never be embarrassed that they're not answered, will never be turned away. It's a chizuk in understanding that those who have emuna and bitach and in Hashem will never suffer. L'yachsiruch chaltaiv as we say. So it's very clear from the Sheshanis Yaakov that we're somehow supposed to take out of Purim and the Megillah this concept of kol kaivech ala yevayshu. Now, the <coughs> the Rambam, the Rambam writes as follows. The Rambam writes, shetzivul likreis has The Rambam is talking about the minyan ha when he counts all the mitzvahs, and at the end he talks about the mitzvahs that are of Rabbinic origin, the Rami D'Rabbana. They commanded to read the Megillah at its right time. Why? To remember and mention that Akadish Baruch answered our Tfilos. Number one. And to tell and inform the world and ourselves to inform all future generations, <laughs> that it's true, what HaKadosh Baruch Hu promised us in the Torah, <laughs> the Pasuk and Dvarim says, where is there another nation that has Hashem close to Him? <laughs> like our Hashem, whenever we call out and we dive into Him, Hashem answers us. So, the Ramam is telling us that the reason we read the Megillah is to remind ourselves that Hashem answered our Tfilas, and the whole Kriyas HaMegillah is to inform every generation that when Hashem said in the Torah that if we call to Him He'll answer is Emes so that's what it means those who yearn for you what does that mean meaning those who are they yearn for you meaning they don't rely on anything else but those who turn to you what do they turn to you or they rely on you through tefillah as opposed to Relying or turning to anyone else. So it's very clear from the Shoshanis Yaakov. And it's very clear from the Rambam. That the message of Purim is. That Hashem heard our And Hashem listens to our tfilas. And that's what we celebrate. And that's what we inform ourselves. And we inform the world. And we inform our children. And all future generations. Hashem listens to our Tfilas. That is what Purim is all about. And in fact. In fact, Purim is a very interesting yantif because all of the Yamim Taivim, or mitzvahs of Yamim Taivim, they have a zman for the mitzvah. For example, on Pesach he eat matzah. The mitzvah to eat matzah is the night of Pesach. There's no mitzvah, or no, I shouldn't say there's no mitzvah, there's no obligation to eat matzah during the day on Pesach. The obligation is the night of the Seder. Yeah, you could be Makayim a mitzvah if you eat it. Or, if you need to wash, you have to have matzah, but you don't have an obligation to eat matzah. You have an obligation to eat matzah at night, not during the day. You have an obligation to listen to the and Rosh Hashanah during the day, not at night. Take the, take the lulav during the day, not at night. It's always one or the other. You have day mitzvahs, you have night mitzvahs. And Purim, when the Rabbanan established Purim, we read the Megillah at night and at day, both of them. And not only that this is a mitzvah that everyone is obligated in men and women most other mitzvah sasei shazman grama uh, women are pater from Okay, matzah has its special halach is why they're obligated in but most mitzvah sasei shazman grama women are pater from and here we have women are chayev and not only the chayev to do it once they have to do it twice also just like us and everybody knows just like us men and everybody knows the whole I don't want to say tircha but what it is for the men to go hear the Megillah and the women to go hear the Megillah. and getting out, I didn't hear it, I came late, I this, I that, the children. It's, it's, it's a whole big uh, tumul listening to the Megillah. What's the Pshat? Sarashi so tells us the reason why Chazal made a mitzvah at night and day. Zecher to Kal Yisrael in those days of Purim that they cried out to Hashem by Yaimu Valila. That we daven Tashem at night and at day. So again, you see the same concept. The entire reason, if you want to know why there's such a tumult of making sure that the women here at the Megillah, they were in the same nace we were. And why does it have to be at night and at day? You know, it's hard enough to get out to the Tkiya once. You imagine after getting out Rosh Hashanah night also to go here to the Shifer, it would be crazy. So that's what it is on Purim. Why? Because it's Zeicher Tekla Yisrael who cried in Davin to Hashem and that's what we have to remember. So again, we have this clear concept that the Yontif of Purim is a Yontif of understanding the power of Tefillah. Now, we're going to show a couple of examples of how that played itself out. But before we do that, we have to ask a very obviously glaring question. And that is, if I am correct in my assumption here, and it's not my assumption, but if I'm correct in what I'm saying, that the whole Yontif of Purim is a Yontif of Tefillah, which in turn means that the whole Nase of Purim happened through Tefillah, which the Midrashim actually say, the Medrash says, based on a um, P'sukim, the Medrash says, um, the major says that we didn't win anything with any um, with any uh, weapons rather with tvila and Tachanunim Tvila and Tachanunim is what the is what made the Gzairah of Haman go away and the, asks the Medrash, Umina yin How do we know they davin? Does it say anywhere in the Megillah they davened? It doesn't say once the word tefillah. So it says, Sakva eifer yutzah It says when they were mourning, or when they were in sar, so it says they put on sackcloth and ashes. Says the medrish, what that means they did tshuva. The G'ra says those are, the of uvechi mispate sakva efer yutzah rabbim are actually the five darchei ha that's listed in Chazal, says the medrash, umat kana kona l'sakve efer What's the point of sackcloth and ash, uh, sackcloth and ash if you don't have tefillah? So it's obvious they did tefillah. We deduce from that that they did tefillah. So it's very funny because we're saying clearly here, the Rambam she'shan is Yaakov, the medrash, Rashi, in why we lay in the Megillah twice, is tefillah, 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 and yet, it doesn't say the word Tvila in the Megillah in one place. It doesn't say they ever david. We have to deduce, well, if they did this, so must be they david. Um, aren't we, like, missing the message here? What's Taka the Wouldn't that be much more clear? I wouldn't have to give a sheer about this if it said beferish in the Medrash, in, in the Megillah, that they david. So the answer could be as follows. And that is that we all know that the Megillah also doesn't have the name of Hashem doesn't have a name of Hashem anywhere in the Megillah. And the um, Mefarshim explained because there's Ramazim to the name of Hashem, you have like Rosh Yahweh HaMelech Vahamon is Rosh HaTavis, Yud You have other places where you have the uh, Ramaz to the name of Hashem, but since this was, was called a nais that was Nistar, it wasn't done in a public way, it was all an Ace Nistar, so Hashem's name is hidden as well in the Megillah. But it's more than that, you know, when we look at the Megillah, there's a lot of things there that we don't see clearly. In fact, if you were a person who, uh, I don't know, became religious or became a Jew yesterday, and um, or today, and I would tell you that next week there's this unbelievable holiday that we're having, and we're so joyous over it. It's going to be a big simcha. And you would ask, so what's it all about? Let me hear. Like, what are you celebrating? You know, in Pesach, you celebrate Makas uh, Bechairas and Kriyas Siyamsa of all these big miracles. Say, so here, here's a book. It's called Megillah Sester. Read it, you know. Here's an school translation. And you can read it, and you'll see what's so exciting. And you'll take the book, take the Megillah, and you'll read it through. And then when you're done, you'll say, I don't get it. Like, what was the big deal, exactly? I'm sure if you would go to the library and find a lot of books about some, you know, uh, medieval uh, uh, palaces and royal houses and things like that, you'll find the king killed his wife. The king uh, was, he had an advisor. He was, he was sinister. He wasn't sinister. It was the wife against the advisor. You know, you can find... Uh, it's, it doesn't sound like, like what happened exactly. You know, it sounds very simple. Like, well, what what's so exciting about this? But the truth is that there's a reason why Mordechai and Esther wrote it in a way that wasn't so glamorous and wasn't full of the nisim, and not only not full of the nisim, it's not full of all the details. For example, the Megillah says that. It says that when they brought all the girls to Shushan and Esther al Hamelach, And Esther was taken, tilokach means she was taken, which means that she was forcibly taken to the Beis HaMelech. So we all know the story. Esther hid. She hid. She didn't want to go. in the How long did she hide? Did she hide for a year? Did she hide for a couple of years? Five years? Six years? It's a But she hid. And therefore, for whatever, whatever the story was, how she was found out, so she had to be vati She was forcibly taken. Now, why do we have to like? Well, why doesn't it say that in the Megillah? Why is that story that part of the story not in the Megillah? So the answer the Mefarshim say is the last pasuk in the Megillah. The last pasuk says that everything that happened here. These are written in the Chronicles of the Kings of Maday and Paris, which means to say the Megillah Esther. Was not just something that we had. The Ga'im had it as well. It was made as part of their chronicles. So, could you imagine if we wrote over the story and we said that the queen, who's in the queen, she was in the palace. Then she was the actual queen. By the way, she hid for six years. She didn't want to come. I don't know if it's like a smart idea to tell the world that. So Esther was very careful that she wrote things beremiza. So it's not only Hashem's name is not only BeHester, and that's why it's not in the Megillah. Practically you couldn't have Hashem's name in the Megillah because we weren't the only ones who kept it. Say for Tyra, we keep. Nevi'im, we keep. Right? This was of so You Imagine what's going to happen when they're going to, you know, someone's going to read the Megillah and the M'alchemah De'ofaras and then you say, let's get the uh, the newer print of it. What do we do with the old print? Throw in the garbage. Hashem's name is going to go in the garbage. You can't have it that Hashem's name is Hefker. So therefore, Esther and Mordechai, Dafka didn't write Hashem's name in order, because since it was also accessible by the Goyim, the Megillah, so therefore, it's not written there. So could be, that's the reason why tefillah is not mentioned anywhere in the Megillah. Because if you can't write to whom they davent, we're not going to write that they davent. Because what's going to happen, you know, a couple hundred years later, a thousand years later, someone's going to take a look at the Megillah and say, oh, you know who they davent to? They have to the, the If you can't say they davent to Hashem, then we're not writing tefillah at all. Even though, could you imagine what a greater chizuk in tefillah there would be if we could write in the Megillah they davent Hashem and Hashem brought the salvation, but we can't do it. We're not risking it. We're not risking the danger of writing tefillah because we can't write Hashem's name. So that's like a practical reason why it doesn't say tefillah. But then that's mecha that we have to really understand and then, you know, delve into the Megillah to see this concept that they takedavent. Now we have to understand something. We have to understand something about the whole Gezeira of Purim. Chazal tell us that Rabshiman Shimon Bar Yochai said that the Aveira that Kla Yisrael did was only Lifnim. Meaning to say, they didn't really believe it, it was out of fear. So, Afa kadish Baruch Hu lifnim. What does that mean? That means as follows. Why was it that there was a Gzeirah of Purim? Why, why was it that there was such a decree? Now, you have to realize, this is a Gemara asking this question, and that something, you know, just, Derech Agav here is very telling about Kla Yisrael. And that is, that we know, that if Haman and Akashversh made a gzairah, it didn't just happen because they woke up on the wrong side of the bed. It doesn't work like that. Rabban tells us to end the Parshas boy, that ain't Yisrael, maisha. A person doesn't have a chaylik, maisha, until he believes that everything that happens to kla Yisrael is derechneis. ain't loy mikra, v'tavah. There's no such thing as things just happen. So if we see a if we see something happening to us, we want to know why. You know, it's that's Yiddishkeit is not about there were all these bad people. There was once a fellow who. Who went off to Derech? And they asked him, "Why did you go off to Derech?" He says, "You know what? When I was in nursery school, I learned there was a bad guy named uh, named uh, Antiochus and he made trouble for all the Jews. And then, and, and, and that was that. And then there was a bad guy named Paray. And then there was a bad guy named Haman. What do I need? That the, all these bad guys start up with the Jews. What do I need to be from? For what I need Jewish for? But we know it's not like that. Anything anyone starts up with Kli, so oh, there's a Chet. There's got to be a Chet. So we want to know. The Gemara asks, what, what What's the Chet for? So Gemara gives two reasons." Gemara says for the people in Shushan they had a problem they went to the Sud of HaShverish. what about the rest of Kla Yisrael why were they involved in this kzerah? so many years earlier when Nebuchadnezzar was the king so he made a Tzalim, he made this form Chazal say it wasn't really Avai Dezara it was more like a covet for for Nebuchadnezzar but he wanted everyone to bow down to it and that's not something, it wasn't Yaharak Val because it wasn't true Avai but it was a Hashem that Jews should bow down to it and Yemishal Bazaria gave up their lives, Daniel ran away, whatever it was, but all, almost all of Kla Yisrael bowed down to it. Why did they bow down to it? Why? Because we're afraid of the king. You mean you're afraid of the king more than you're afraid of Hashem? You're afraid of the king more than you're afraid of Hashem? That's a chal Hashem. Now, they didn't really mean to bow down to it believing in it. That's what the Gemara says. They, they did it out of fear. It wasn't real. So what, how did Hashem punish them? Also with fear. Which is a very interesting thing. That means it sounds like Hashem never really wanted Haman to destroy Kla Yisrael. But He wanted Kla Yisrael to be afraid. He wanted Kla Yisrael to be afraid. Now let's think about it. Let's think about the Gzairah of Purim. This is really something fascinating. When did the whole story of Purim happen? When the whole story of Purim happened? So the Pasuk in the Megillah says that Haman on the 13th day of Nisan drew lots and he went through, we know the whole story, he went through every month. And he came out a year later, on the 13th day of Adar, Is going to be a day that he's going to try to destroy Kla Yisra. So this was on the 13th day of Nisa. Okay? And that day, he sent out letters, with his decree in it, Biad Harotzen, the runners. And they ran, and they ran, all through Achashverosh's kingdom, 127 countries, telling everybody, to be ready because on the 13th day of Adar we are going to destroy Kala ok now now right away Mordechai is in the street screaming tells Esther you gotta go to the king and um, Esther says no problem three days you should fast so <clears throat> They fasted, it's a machlaik, is what the days were. Let's just assume simply that it was on the 14th and 15th and 16th of Nisan, which was Pesach. And on the 16th of Nisan, um, Haman was hanged. That was it. He was done. That's Perik, the beginning of Paragimel, middle of Paragimel, all the way till the end of Pereg Zion was a whole three day affair. The first two prakim took years to happen. Years to happen between Paragbays Beis and Paragimol itself is about five or six years at least. That Esther was just sitting in the in the palace waiting to see what's going to happen. She's waiting there. The, we we look at the Megillah where we're so excited to get to Paragimol and Klapaman that we think it happened so quickly. The first two years took years. First two prokem took years to happen. Then there was a break between Parag Beis and Paragimol, and all of a sudden, next five prokem, bingo, three days, and we're done. So let's think about it. How long did it take for those runners? To go and come back. So the Pasuk says that on the third day after they hanged uh, Haman, Ahasuerus gave Mordechai the ring and he says, do what you want. So Mordechai says, okay, I'm going to send out a new message that the, could, the Jews are able to do whatever they want. But says the Pasuk, when did he send them out? On the 23rd day of Sivan. Okay, Nisan, we're on Tez, Zion, Nisan. E-R, Sivan. So two months and ten days later, eight days later, whatever it is. Seventy days it was. Sixty-seven days later. Chazal tell us the whole gzairah of Haman was a seventy-day gzairah. So let's think about it. So he waited, and this is a whole chashmine. Why? He wanted the same runners who brought the first message to bring the second message. Because if not, you send one messengers, you send another messengers. The people are all going to be confused. Who should we listen to? But if the exact same messengers who brought the first message come back with the second message, and say, "Okay, this is real. This is we understand what's going on here. We're going to listen to it." So he waited. So let's think about it. on the third day on the sixteenth, seventeenth, sixteenth of Nisan, the whole Shushan is up in roar. Everyone's excited. And the runners are still going, who knows where, far out into all the 127 countries. And what happens when they get to those countries? They tell them, there's a gzera, you're going to be killed. What do the Pasuk say? In In any country, every country where the decree came, they're crying, and they're davening, and they're putting sack and ash. And meanwhile, if they would have had texting, they would have known, that Xerah is long over. You know, A month ago, Haman's already gone. And they're getting there. So what's going on over here? If the whole point here was to destroy Eklah Yisrael, and then Hashem had charata about it, so why is it that there's a whole world of people who are crying and fasting and mourning and doing whatever they're doing, and there's no Xerah? It's like a, a joke. What's going on? But that's what the the Gemara is telling us. (laughs) Their whole Aveira wasn't a real Aveira. It was a big Aveira. But it wasn't real. It was out of fear. So you know what Hashem did? Hashem put fear into them. He didn't need, all he needed was them to be afraid. Why did he need for them to be afraid? Because he needed them to be in that Aveira. So there's no Gzeira. Gzeira is long gone. However, they still have that fear, but what what do you do with that fear? It's a very interesting thing. Whenever a person's in a tsara chas or a challenge, or klai yisrael in a tsara, so the rambam says, what do you do? You daven, you daven. That's part of chuva, is you daven hakadosh But here in the times of Purim, the Tfilas that they davened was an entirely different thing. What does that mean? It was an entirely different thing. The tefillah that they were davening was the actual tshuva. Meaning to say, let's say a Klai Yisrael does an Avera. They eat treif. Whatever it is. Chas v'solem. A whole Klai Yisrael by mistake eats treif. So Klai Yisrael has to do tshuva. You have to do tshuva on the Avera. What was the Avera? Treif. So you have to do tshuva on that Avera. Now, Part of doing tshuva, there's a whole laundry list of things you have to do when you do tshuva. You fast, you daven, you have sack, you have you have sackcloth, you have ash. Those are all part of the tshuva, but they are not, they're all part of the tshuva, but that's not the actual tshuva on the Avera. But in the days of Purim, what was the Avera? We feared a person more than Hashem. So what's the tshuva going to be? The tshuva is going to be that we're going to be put into a situation where we have a fear. And the question is, what are we going to do? Are we going to turn to Hashem? Or are we going to turn to people? So davening, turning to Hashem, is not just part of one of the darche hachuva, like in every other Avera. Here it was the actual chuva on the Avera. The Avera is, we did not rely on Hashem to help us. The Tshuva is going to be, we rely on Hashem. And not only that, in any other time in our lives, there's a mitzvah called Hishdadlus. That means to say, that yes, you have to have a munan HaKadosh Baruch but there's also a mitzvah of Hishdadlus. So if Chas v'shalom, there's a Gezei Rankla Yisrael, you have to daven, but you also have to try to figure out how to get out of it. You go to the mayor, you go to the governor, you go to the king, you try to figure it out. But in our story of Purim, that was not allowed. Why was it not allowed? Because that would have been lacking in the tshuva. The whole avera was, excuse me, that we did not rely on our Baruch Hu. The tshuva has to be we only rely on our Baruch Hu. We only daven. So when Kalal Yisrael was davening and turning to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, in those 70 days, wherever they were, while they were still in Shushan, they were already celebrating because the Gzeru was over, and in the rest of the world, they were Zayakinu Misparalim. That's what Hashem wanted. He wanted us to be afraid to bring us to Tfilah, Tshuva of Tfilah, Total reliance on HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And that's what brought the Yeshua to Kalal Yisrael. And this is a very hard concept to understand. But that's why we find that Mordechai refused to go in to Esther. He didn't even send a message to Esther. The minute he heard about the Gezerah, he went out into the street and he cried, <speaking in Hebrew> He can't go in. He can't go in. What do you mean? Esther is, in the, Esther is the queen. Why don't you go in and say, Go to the king and get rid of this Gezerah. No, Mordechai knew no hishtadlus was allowed here. The only reason he even talked to Esther because she sent him a message. And the fact of the matter is, and this is the hard concept that the the mafarshim explain, that even Esther, when she went to the to the king, that was not really a gather of hishtadlus. What did what did Mardukhai tell her? <speaking in Hebrew> We do not need you because we are not relying on any people. She had her own special mitzvah called which means to say she was in a position to say something, she had to go do it. And she had another thing that since she comes from the family of Shaul, so here's an opportunity Shaul didn't kill all the Amalekim. You and your father's house will get lost because it was a personal thing that she had. But even when she went to the king, she, and maybe it was even harder for her, because she's doing an act which quote-unquote might have looked like Ishtalus, she had to know it was not a Ishtalus at all. So what do you do when you go to the king, Shalei Kadas? You fancy yourself up, you put on your makeup, you look good, whatever you do. What did she come there? All she wore was levush v'altubash Esther malchus. She put on her royal clothes because you can't come in your house coat to the king. That you can't do. But that's it. She's just been fasting for three days and three nights. Imagine what she looked like, right? She needed it. her head was falling over. A malch came and lifted up. She looked like three days and three nights of fasting in tshuva. She herself. Really wasn't being by on her ishtalus. Klai Yiso was not allowed to rely on Aristoteles. And she got a little nervous, Esther. You know what it's like at the end of a Tainis? Well, you don't know what it's like because you don't go to Mincha on a Tainis. But if you ever go to a Mincha, if you're a man and you go to Mincha, the end of Shivas or Batamas, and you're about to daven, aneinu Hashem aneinu, you know, you're like, you're half, you have a headache and you're exhausted. Can you imagine what Klai Yisrael is after three days and three nights of davening? Now, Esther says once, now, what what might one someone say in the back of his mind? Even though Klau Yisrael knew there's no Ishtadlus? back in their mind they say, "Oh, I'm about to chalash, I'm about to faint." Okay, you know what? Don't. At least we have Esther in the palace. We have a sister in the palace. Esther was nervous about that because the minute Chas any Jew might have that thought that we're lacking in the tshuva. Who knows what's going to happen? So what did she do? She invited Haman. Haman to the party. You know what happened when that, why did she do that? Because she wanted Klai to say, oh, one second. Esther's inviting Haman, she sold us out. We're done. Forget it, we got to renew our chizok and David Baruch even more. And she was willing to take on herself that they're going to be, say Lashon Har about her, be be her her She'er, whatever they're going to do. She didn't care because she knew she had, her job was to help Klai do tshuva and that's through tefillah and through tefillah alone, and that is what brought, that is what brought the Yeshua that is what brought the Yeshua and the truth is we'll just come to the end over here the truth is we have to just understand one more Nekuda, and that is that you don't have a Megillah in front of you, but I sort of mentioned it and that is as follows, the Megillah says that Mordechai heard about everything, he went out into the street and he gave a cry, and he couldn't go in because he can't come in in sackcloth. And then it says the pasuk I said before, "Uvachal medina v'edina, any place where the dvar HaMelech got to, reached everyone evil time of vechiyi said kavodar everything was it was mourning and crying and, and all the things that they did over there. And then it says that Esther heard about it and sent a message to Mordechai. Now Lechaira, that pasuk is not in the proper place. When did that pasuk happen? Happened all the way at the end of the Megillah, like we pointed out. The end of the Megillah. Three days later, for the next sixty-seven days, it was reaching the, the the places while we were while we were while in Shushan they were celebrating. Why is it right here, middle of the story? And even if you want to say that okay, but we're telling it now in the middle of the Xera. Let's finish the story. Mordchai is at the gate. Esther sends a message. When you finish with that whole story, you'll say, oh, by the way, when the runners made it everywhere, everyone was all, and the answer is as follows. The answer is like this. Mardchai HaTzadik, who was the leader of Kla Yisrael, and he was the one charged with bringing Klai Yisrael to Tshuva for this Aveira, he had a daunting task. Because like we said before, in every other Gzeira, you make a status. You daven, but you make a Shushan. Like we said before, there was no texting. So, if that's true, how is it that the Jews in Timbuktu, when the message is going to come, why will they not run to the shul, say, tell him, and then run to the mayor and say, hide us in your basement? Make a And, but why shouldn't they do that? That's normal. And here, it wasn't allowed because that was the tshuva itself. Now, what's Mardchai going to do? He doesn't have time to travel 70 days to the 127 countries. So the answer is as follows. HaKadosh Baruch doesn't ask from a person more than they're capable of doing, but he asks them to do the best and all that they're capable of doing. So Mardchai had this daunting task. How was he going to be Ma'oy Rekla Yisot So Mardchai went out into the city. Mardchai was a very harsh of a person. He was. He had the. He had the status of what's called the reish Galusa, which is equal to a nasi in Kla Yisrael, the leader of Klal Yisrael. He was able to make zayris on Kla Yisrael. He was a very prominent person in the kingdom as well. He was a chashuv person. And what did he do? He went out onto the street and he put on sackcloth and he screamed at the top of his lungs, "Za'aka Lomara, Big bitter scream, and he's screaming, and he's screaming, we have to do tshuva, we have to daven, and Mardchai did to the best of his ability, to the last bit of strength that he had, being anyone who could hear him, and anyone around him, only tshuva, only Tvila, that's all we're doing. The Chazanish writes as follows, and this is a, a very important concept in Yahadus. that's the concept called Ichud HaNeshamas, comes from the of Dvira and other places. means that all Neshamas are connected. We're all connected. That's vahav, the Taimur Dvira says, Love your friend like yourself. Why? Because your friend is yourself. It's your Neshama. It's your Neshama. You do bad to yourself. If you do an Aveira, it affects everybody. Now, the Chazanish writes, you could have a Tzaddik who sits in one place and the hashpa that he has goes out to the entire world. Like Ravan Leib Shtayman told the a very rich person once. A rich person said, it for years he's been supporting yeshivas, now they want him to start supporting bali tshuva. And he wants to know, he should switch his money over. So Varun Leib told him, why do you think that in mid-America, and Kentucky, and wherever it is, that this, someone's able to make bali tshuva? Where does it come from? All of a sudden it's uh, bali tshuva? The answer is, because there's so many yeshivas learning Taira, sending out a wave of ruchnius to the world, that it's ma'ayra, all the neshamas and kala Yisrael. If you cut off the b'nai Taira, going to be no bali tshuva either. It's not the way it works. You're missing it. And that's the Chazanish right. You could have a tzaddik, and this was the Chazanish himself, who sits somewhere and does his own thing, and yet his Ashpa is in the whole world. But he writes, says the Chazanish, to the people around him that they feel it much more. And when you have like a wireless thing, the closer you are to the base, right, it's a much stronger signal. The farther away you get from the base, it's a shvacher signal. So he writes, all the way on the other side of the world, also he will have a hashpa and someone's neshama, but it might be something that no one even really picks up. A little heartbeat, a little something, that who knows what it's going to turn into, but it's not as recognizable. So says the Pasuk, but ya when he did everything that he was physically capable of doing, and that's all Hashem asks him to do, Hashem takes over from there with Siyat HaDeshmeyer. And what happened was, there was an amplified Ruach that went out from his Neshama to every Neshama in Klai Yisrael. As far away as they were, it wasn't just something very, very Shvach. It wasn't something weak. It was an amplified hashpa to the nth degree that there was not a Jew in Klal Yisrael that when the Gzaira came, thought about Hishtalus. They all ran straight to the shul and Davent. Why? Who caused that? How was that possible? Mordechai. So the Pasuk is in the right place. When it says that Mordechai went and cried out, what does the Pasuk say? Because of that, in every place, when the Dvar HaMelech will come, what happened? It happened from there. And that's how Kla Yisrael, although the Gzeiru was over, the whole point was to bring us, to rely on HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and then... Because of that, we were Zaycha, that we heard about that the Gzaira had been over already. But Mordechai had already set it all up, and that's why Hashem was willing that the Gzaira should be over in three days, even though the people in who knows where didn't hear about it. And yes, okay, so they don't really know, they just want to come to Tzfilo, but how do we know that they're going to come to Tzfilo? How do we know it's going to happen? Hashem says, I know it's going to happen, because Mordechai has already done everything, and the Ashpah is there. It's happening. We just need to bring it to LaMa'isa to the world of action, and that will happen over the next few next 67 days, and Kala Yisrael will bring themselves to Tzvila, And that was the Tikkun, and the Chet of Nebuchadnezzar. And that is why we say that the whole point of the Neis of Purim is Lohidiyah, Shekol kayvecha anyone who relies on you, not people who rely on Ishtadlus, and the Choy Bach, those who have Emunah in you, not the ones who are yes we have to make and these things but who do we truly rely on those are the people that that is the message of Purim every person should walk out of a Yontif of Purim after hearing the Megillah twice and after saying Shoshan is Yaakov and understanding what it's all about that the Yontif of Purim is telling us what Tefillah is all about as the Rambam told us, to tell everybody, that when it's said in the Torah, that it's MS, what Hashem promised us in the Torah. Be mechazik yourself in Tfilah, no matter where you are, what situation you are, what place you're in, tfila and the Amuna that comes along with tfilah, that is the message of Purim.